Hi, everybody. My name is Benji Eisen. I come from Rolling Stone, but I spent the last three years of my life uh, working with Bill Kreutzmann on uh, co-writing his book. He's uh, one of the drummers from The Grateful Dead, and uh, I, I'm now his manager as well. So I'm dealing with, we could say, Mickey Hart's uh, counterpart and co-conspirator and partner in crime. Mickey Hart, as you guys know, is the other drummer in The Grateful Dead, and in the past three years working with Bill Kreutzmann and listening to The Grateful Dead, studying every single thing about them that's, that's possible, one of the things that I keep coming back to is that when a lot of my uh, younger friends listen to EDM, electronic dance music, I think, well, The Grateful Dead were doing this back in the 1970s. And it's absolutely true, and that has a lot to do with Mickey Hart and the experimentations that he was doing, especially as The Grateful Dead did every night. They, people say that they altered their set list every night, and it was different every night. That's true except for one thing, and that's drums and space, which was there every night, and that's when the drummers in the band would explore the outer fringes of rhythm and then outer space. But since then, Mickey Hart has been literally exploring the cosmos and outer, outer space by a process called sonification that I'm going to let him talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Grateful Dead, Mickey Hart. Thank you, Benji. Well, we're going to take a, a quick ride through the uh, vibrational universe. First, I want to set it up. I'm, uh, there's going to be two films, short films, and then we can talk about this. It's going to be real fast, 13.8 billion years ago. I've never done it in 30 minutes, but I think we could do that. We live in a universe of vibrations. Music is a miniature of what's happening up there in the cosmos, in the macro and also what's happening in the micro, our bodies, things you can see, things you can't see. So, with that in mind, we have to think of ourselves as multidimensional rhythm machines embedded in a universe of rhythms, universe of vibrations, the most essential ingredient for life, vibrations. 13.8 billion years ago, the blank page of the universe exploded, creating galaxies, black holes, planets, stars, the sun, the moon, the earth, us. So I always loved timelines. When I was writing my books on the edge of magic, jumping at the edge of magic, I always wanted to find out who were the first drummers and when did they start drumming and why am I here and what am I doing, all of that. There was no books on the subject. So I love timelines. This is another one of these... these uh, enthusiasms of mine to find what is the, where was the downbeat? Where did the rhythm start? How did we get it? What are we doing with it uh, and, and for the health and for enjoyment and stress and, and, uh, and fun, which is not easy to have these days. So I thought that what you're going to see first is called Rhythms of the Universe. I did it last year. It was played once at the uh, IMAX Theater at the Smithsonian. And it is the a journey uh, through the uh, macro, through the cosmos. So what you see on the screen, whether it be the sun or a pulsar or the, whatever, the nebula or stars or different things, are sonifications. They are actually sounds coming from that object, that essence of whatever that is. We take radio telescopes from around the world. I'm on the board of the Smithsonian. We have access to NASA. Take those radio telescopes, that information, and crunch it, 
and turn that radiation, that light, into sound. That is called sonification, when you change a form of some kind of energy, like the former uh, the, the, um, young lady said, the electrical signals of the brain. So we're going there, and then we're going here. So with that being said, just remember you're hearing the universe. You're hearing what made us, us. So I'd like to start, of course, with the first one. I think, and I'm speaking on it, so there's no need for me to talk about it, though. In the beginning, there was noise. Noise begat rhythm. First light, then sound. And rhythm begat everything else. We were born of noise in chaos. The first sound in the universe was pure noise, the Big Bang. Its reverberations still ongoing are the source of cosmic rhythm. One of the few fundamental things we know about our universe is that everything in it is vibrating, is in motion, and has a rhythm. Every molecule, every atom, is dancing its own unique dance, singing its signature song. What we call sight is just the limited spectrum of vibrations that our eyes can perceive. What we call sound is just the limited spectrum of acoustic pulsations that our ears can hear. So any vibration, any light shining, any motion can be understood through sound. The planets orbit around our sun at various frequencies. Pythagoras was the first to interpret this as sound, the music of the spheres. Pythagoras related that his soul rose as far as the higher world. He heard the melodies of the spheres and the sonorities produced by the movement of the heavenly bodies. The Pythagorean monochord illustrates the ancient perception that the divine was contained in certain mathematical relationships and could be turned into sound, the music of the cosmos. These celestial spheres give out sounds which are not caused by anything existing in our sublunar world. The planets orbit the sun at their own frequencies, allowing us to create our own musical scale from their cycles. Our understanding of the solar system has matured since the time of Pythagoras. Yet his central theory that the universe operates according to musical principles is only made more certain by later scientific discoveries. Ever-evolving tools allow us to transpose electromagnetic waves so that we can see what is being emitted beyond the visible band. We can also transpose light to sound to hear the dance in its various forms as well as see it. The mechanism that creates space and time does it nearly perfectly but there are small variations that create these wrinkles in space and time that cause sound waves that propagate from the beginning of time. The radiation carries the imprint of those sound waves 
which are the ripples from the making of the fabric of space and time. How did the universe begin? What did create space and time? We know the process is nearly perfect. There are only the tiniest wrinkles and ripples in space and time. They started out sound waves from the beginning of time heading towards us. But when the matter and radiation decouple from each other, the light speeds on, carrying the imprint of those sound waves to us so that we can reconstruct them and hear them today and hear the birth cries of the universe. And it comes down to the fact that it's quantum mechanics, it's the vibrations, it's the fundamental harmonic nature of things that actually causes it all to be linked together. We all know that understanding the origin of the universe is something all of humankind wants to know the answer to. And is it because as humans we need to know our place in the universe? Or is it because as humans we are a part of the universe and we're seeking our sound and our place in the universe? This is the primal experience of rhythm. How we use sound and light to understand and connect to the universe and each other. Yes, in, yes, indeed. <laughs> so, as Carl Sagan would say, we are made of star stuff. The carbon in our cheesecake came from perhaps a star that exploded five billion years ago. So, we are made of, of cheesecake? We're made of, yeah, we're made of star stuff. So, um, uh, that was kind of a quick uh, overview of it, but music is really just a miniature of what's happening up there in the cosmos, and that's what the great attraction of music is. We, you know, we go to it intuitively. We can't get enough of it. We love it. Musicians chase that feeling their whole life in basements, back streets, dirty clubs, everywhere to find that one feeling. They devote their whole life to something that's invisible. You can't see music. You can't touch music. You can hear music and feel music, can't you? You can't, you can't, it's an invisible thing, but it's a vibration. And this is where it all came from. So the downbeat uh, was uh, 13.8 billion years ago, and my, my uh, associate, Dr. Dr. Smoot, uh, uh, he, he found the, uh, the Big Bang in space. Uh, it was called the cosmic background radiation. It was in 2000. He won the Nobel in 2006. Uh, 
<clears throat> he found it 400,000 years this side of the Big Bang. So it's 13.8 minus 400,000. It's the furthest we've been able to go back in time and space to find the origin of the universe. I'm a musician. I love sound. If you love sound, you have to know how to and how to manipulate vibrations because vibrations are just con- music is just controlled vibrations. As a rhythmist, well, that goes without saying. Uh, I'm more interested in the rhythmic complexity of it because it's the rhythm that holds it all together. It pulsing. There's two things the universe does: it pulses, it, it, it expands, and it contracts. Expand and contracts, like string theory. And the other thing it does at a subatomic level: it spins. Those are the two big things that the universe that happens into our bodies and in the universe. So those are the things that make up our universe, our planet. So having said that, so I got to the end of this. We went through the whole you know, parts of the universe, sun, earth, and then I got to the body. Okay. Yeah, that, it brings us back to us. So that's the micro. And I started doing studies in brain imaging and experiments with the, uh, with the cap, the 64 electrode cap, down at University of California, San Francisco, Cisco with Dr. Adam Ghazali at the neurology lab there, uh, neuroscience lab. I have rhythm in the brain there. And that's where we study the effects of rhythm, vibration on the brain using the latest technologies and the highest power. With the computers we have, we can send a... A missile, a Titan missile to the to the moon and back. It's a it's a it was, it's really extraordinary to to see into the master clock. There's th- billions of neurons firing simultaneously, allowing me to do this in the air like this. Billions. That doesn't come from one part of the brain. It comes from many parts of the brain. It's an extraordinary. Well, E.O. Wilson would call it a super organism. It's right up there with the ants which is the greatest, most developed creature in this, in this universe that we know of. So we're right up there. So now we're going into the, into the micro. And this, these are, this is my work and Adam Ghazali's work down at the Neuroscape Lab. And, and uh, I think I'm talking on this one as well, so I'll just shut up and let this thing play. So lights, camera. My brain hanging in space in living color it is me, the motor, life itself, the brain. The brain controls everything, it's the master clock. Pulsing, so alive, I can hear it. I can see it. Loud and clear. My link to my ancestors, generations of the family tree. Rhythm Central. Master clock. It's me. 
valleys and twining fibers. This is me. It's real. It's here. It's now. A happy brain's a good brain. Happy brain's a good brain. Happy brain's a good brain. My map, my billiard game. Gray matter spinning, glowing in spots, falling into wild rhythm patterns, unseen, unheard. It's me, Rhythm Central, the place of dreams, life itself. Their fathers on 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 and on 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 a superorganism right up there with the ants. The brain is a swarm, a band swarms, ant swarm, a superorganism at constant work, twenty-four seven. Yeah, kind of handsome, isn't it? Like a Picasso, a Monet, or a Renoir. I think it is, anyway. So those sounds you heard were my brain waves sonified. I took the electrical signal, turned them into audio signal, and crunched them, brought them into the uh, correct octave, just like the space things, uh, the cosmos. Uh, some of those sounds, like the Big Bang, yeah, 52 octaves below middle C. We have to bring it up way up in order to be able to hear it. Some are way beyond our, our antenna, our ears, which is a very small wave band, you know, maybe eight cycles, seven, six cycles to 21,000 on a good day when I was really young. And, of course, the eye as well. The visual spectrum is very small compared to all of the rhythms that are moving through the universe. Most of them we're not even aware of. Gravity and all that stuff just happens. So this truly is the master clock. Like the man said, it controls everything. Finding out about that clock is the most important thing for a musician to know. and know why he's doing what, how to be able to influence the, uh, the brain by using certain rhythms at certain rates, certain amplitudes to like reconnect the broken synapses and uh, uh, in, in the brain that cause dementia. If I knew how to do that, I would do it on a daily basis. Uh, we don't know how to do that now. Sometimes it works. The therapeutic value works. Other times it's just kind of seat-of-the-pants shamanism. We don't really know how it works. We just know it works. It started, for me, with my grandmother, who had advanced Alzheimer's. Uh, I think it was in the 80s, maybe early 80s, and I played a drum for her, a very quiet drum. And she spoke my name. She hadn't spoken in like four or five years. 
that got my attention. I've seen thousands of people move into trance and different altered states, but I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen someone reconnect just for a moment to speak my name, you know, and then drift back into, into the darkness. So this has been my, you know what my day job is, but this is really so important, and it was the very essence of what the Grateful Dead did, because I think it was a very psychic thing that we did, and it was all about neurologic function. They couldn't do what we did just learning to play music. There had to be a certain kind of entrainment. Entrainment means in sync, in the groove, that goes beyond conscious thought. My guess is that we were tied at the heart, no doubt, and also we had uh, a lot more in common. We were able to exactly to do things that weren't, you know, uh, on a piece of paper or even in the genre of the music itself. So we don't know how we did it, but now we're trying to figure it out. And that's why I'm working to find out what these rhythms of the universe, is, of the universe does to the body. You know, that's the real important thing. How does music affect our life, vibrations, how to control it, how to get the health rhythms into the life to make you a better life and get the bad rhythms out. War, bad rhythm. Peace, good rhythm. Love, good rhythm. Hate, bad rhythm. So if you see your life in terms of rhythm, you can explain a lot of things. When I'm not getting along with uh, my daughter or, or somebody real close to me, I, just, I say, we're out of rhythm. We've got to get back in rhythm, okay? Things are not working right. You know, we take a breath. Let's, let's get back in the groove. So that's how I see uh, the... the Many rhythm worlds that we live in, okay? So I'm going to open... I know you guys must have some interesting questions. I could sit here and talk about this forever. So I'd like to hear what you guys have in mind, and uh, let me uh, let me pick your brains. Well, you can pick mine. Yes. Yeah, retired old years aren't what they used to be. You know? I speak loud, but I just want... Just as a comment, have you seen the documentary Alive Inside about uh, music going to, to Alzheimer's patients and other people and bringing them back? It's amazing. You should see all the stuff you talked about with your grandmother. They're actually yeah. really doing it in hospitals. It's awesome. Yeah, but, but that, again, is hit and miss. We don't know how we do it. We know it can be done. We can't repeat. The most important, that's science. You've got to be able to repeat. We're just beating stuff up. So music therapists are doing a great job, but you know, it's not a science. So I'm into the science of rhythm, the science of music. And that's where I'm coming from now. So... Next, a young man. Uh, as, a, uh, as a creative person and composer, how do you tune into these kind of energies when you're trying to create music? When I'm doing when you When you're creating music, when you're composing yeah, and well, producing. <clears throat> usually I listen to my heartbeat. I, you know, I usually take my uh, pulse you know, before I start in the morning. It's a casual thing now. I mean, now I do it every day. So I just find out where I am as a, a rhythm machine. You know, well, okay, I'll start here. Or, you know, this gives me a good relation to something. This is the essence of me. This is what makes me, me human. I might just say one thing about this, that every culture in the world has a music. There is no culture that does not have a music. So it's, music is culturally specific and also, also culturally defining. It's what makes us human. And there's a new book out by E.O. Wilson. Another, he's a great writer. Did the superorganism thing and now the meaning of life. 
he, his argument that this is what makes us human, the humanities. I guess that's why they call it the humanities. Because that's the, one of the most important things in the universe that makes us human and keeps us alive and so forth and so on and healthy and vibrant and so forth. So, any more questions? Uh, young lady. I know visually there are these recurring patterns, like fractals that you see. Are there any recurring patterns that you've noticed in, in sound that's outside of the audio spectrum that we can hear? Just some patterns that you've heard repeating? Outside of my br- looking at my brainwave? Just, just sounds that we can't hear? Like okay. Universal well, there's patterns. a lot of sounds we can't hear. It's all over the place. Or, or don't understand. Let's say rhythms. Like if you look at a tree, you see the the wind blowing and the, the leaves, you know it's got a rhythm, but you can't follow that rhythm because that's wild rhythm. That's out there. That, you can't cut something man-made. That's not domesticated rhythm. And music is domesticated vibrations. So I look at the things around me, you know, and I, I can't understand them, but I know that they're out there. I mean, there were some nights in The, in the Grateful Dead and uh, that we would see this creature come out in the middle of the night and roam around the hall and stuff, and then eventually, if it was a good night, he would go back into his cage until the next night. Of course, we were doing lots of uh, mind-altering drugs at the time, but it, it just increased my vision a little, made it a little sharper, perhaps. But uh, no, there's, a, you, there's a hallucinations when you, do, when you do music, especially when you're in trance. You see, you feel things that are not easily available in the normal waking state. And you do things, and usually you just follow in orders, like the muse. You follow the muse, or the muse follows you. And if you're free enough, like we were, you're able to find little places that no one has found before, or no one, some of them, you don't even care to go there again, but you will find things that, that no one else has uh, found. Yes, young man. Everybody's young for me now. Ah, now you're young, young in heart. Yeah. Good stuff. When you um, did Rhythm Devils in Space, did you ever feel that you were going, it's weird, in like a trance that you were like synced with Bill? And just kind of Things like, were what? You were synced with like Bill. You would be in like a trance almost while you were doing those, sure. those Rhythm Devils. Of course. Parts. Those were pure trance moments because we never talked about it. That was the only rule we had. Never talk about it. Never, never rehearse it. Just get out there and take a walk. Feel yourself, you know, become yourself, be in the moment. It's called the, the nonstance, the uh, being in the very moment of creation. That's the, whole, that's the whole enchilada, to be able to not be in the past. See, humans are one of the few things that are like that. We, don't, uh, we, we know about birth and we know about death as opposed to animals. So being in the moment is very difficult. But that's the place of creation, in the moment, in the moment, in the moment, in the music, and letting it just like be like breath. And then, you know, that's how Bill and I do it. I don't know how it's done, but that's how we do it. Um, you know, it's something we never even contemplate. We just, you have to have a certain kind of adventure. You know, you have to have a sense of adventure. Oh, yes, Bob. You have a question? Uh, Mr. Hurt. Cut that microphone off. <laughs> Mr. Hurt, you owe me 20 bucks. Am I ever going to see that? I, I, I thought maybe you would have lost your mind by this time and forgot. But you're right. I do, I do owe you some money. I owe you everything. Anything else? Oh, uh, okay. yeah. I thought and on it was that note, be a, big hand be... for Mickey. Yay! Woo-hoo! They're giving me the hook. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Yay! Woohoo! Good night. Oh, good afternoon. Bye. Bye.
All right, all right. And we are going to quickly move. Well, that was great. Thank. One more time. Big hand for Mickey. And now we're going to quickly move into the Musicians for Audio Quality Initiative with Craig Fox, Bob Weir, Lucas Nelson, Wiz Leonard, and Mike Jabara.